0: Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I am here with Alexa Ferrico. I didn't say that. Say it properly for me.
1: That was so close. Federico. Federico. Thank you so it's, much, Monica. Yeah.
0: I'm so excited to have you on. We actually connected, I want to say about five years ago. We were both just like starting to like come onto the scene and you were doing all these really cool recipes and you did a recipe for it wasn't called finding fertility at the time but it's still on my blog i still transferred over it's this cute little um sweet potato egg like muffin um so yeah we've kind of like been stalking each other silently on social media so i'm super excited to connect with you on the podcast so welcome
1: thank you so much yeah i'm super excited to do this with you
0: And I brought you on because you yourself have dealt with autoimmune issues and you kind of, let's say, woke up and saw the light and realized that you needed to start taking control and you could take control um, through various aspects, but definitely one with the autoimmune paleo diet. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey?
1: Absolutely, so um, I did come down with the diagnosis of Crohn's disease back uh, in 20, oh gosh, it's been over a decade, 15 years now. So I think it was 2007 when I officially got the diagnosis. So I was 12 years old. Um, and I really went through the Western medicine paradigm for like a year and kept getting really sick. And that's when I pivoted into functional medicine. And from there, the rest is kind of history. I saw a drastic change in myself. Um, I still had ups and downs over the years, but if I didn't utilize the functional medicine principles that I was uh, taught and guided with and supported with, then I really went off the rails and would become sick again. So that became just my guiding light. And um, I just had this realization like, wow, I have this information that food and these other environmental things are impacting my life. And yet that wasn't told, I didn't hear about that at all you know, by my doctors. And I felt like I had this secret, like everybody needed to know this. Yeah. And so I went through schooling, and I ended up going through college. And after college, just really felt passionate about nutrition and functional medicine, Um, and became an NTP. That program just really felt like home. It was just such a good alignment for me. And so from there, you know, before actually I was became an NTP, I started to blog for fun, Girl in Healing and you know, just an Instagram account just for fun, to share my experiences and recipes. And then I felt like I wanted to take what I could do to the next level. And I really wanted to help people on a more professional, real basis. So thankfully the NTP program was there and I found it at the right time. And for a few years now, I've been doing a private practice and working mostly with autoimmune clients Um, lots of which have IBD, generally Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis. So I can relate to them incredibly well. And that's really where I am, you know, with a lot of us that get into nutrition, it's our past experiences or loved ones that have gone through things that give us this passion to help others and spread the word. So that is definitely what happened to me. I felt like this is the least I could do is to help people one-on-one, um, and just teach them that they have some power in their situation.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's so spot on when you say like you work with people that you can connect with. I feel like you find like your sole clients, like you went through all this shit, so you're now able to help them, their journey be a lot less dramatic um, than our journeys were. Um, but I really wanted to get into um, when you first kind of discovered autoimmune paleo, like, how did you feel about shifting into that kind of a dramatic of a diet? Because let's be fair, it's a pretty dramatic diet.
1: (laughs) It is very dramatic. And so actually, I did like a lot of my big healing years before I officially knew of AIP. And I'm honestly not sure when it became publicized. Um, But the diet I followed in my early healing days was very close. You know, I didn't have an AIP coach, but the diet my functional medicine doctor was helping me heal from was very, very close. There was so much overlap with AIP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't follow a very structured, like, reintro process, but essentially the restricted nature of it was the same. And when I did come across AIP, I was like, oh, this is great. There is a structure and a program and guidelines. Um, and while it does appear and is restricted in some ways i felt like this was just such a powerful step for someone to take who's dealing with autoimmunity um, because it's really a diet that works from the ground up is the way i like to view it yeah so you do start out in the most restricted phase and the purpose is to remove any potential triggers the most um, highly allergic foods the most commonly um, most common foods that are tend to be sensitivities or trigger gut issues or other kind of issues for that matter, um, those are all taken off. And it kind of gives the person like a clean slate to start nourishing their body with some of the safer foods that we're aware of and some of the more nutrient dense and gut healing foods. And that way it kind of builds up this tolerance and you're healing, you know, the inside of you for a bit. And then your body is just a little bit stronger and more resilient and you can start, you know, the reintro process. Um, so I think for some people that's really needed because yeah. they might have been out of balance for so long, they may have really compromised guts. And it seems like every food they eat is triggering some kind of symptom. Yeah. So those are the people where starting from the ground up with some basics and just, you know, narrowing on in on nutrient density and gut healing can really benefit them, even if it's just for, for a short, short time. And it is, I think it can be really intimidating to start thinking like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this kind of lifestyle, but it's important to remember it is not for life. Um, And the purpose of the diet is to help people eventually expand what they can tolerate so that they can live a full life and enjoy as many foods as possible without pain.
0: Yeah. With your clients, do you um, like obviously they come to you and they have autoimmune issues? Do you sometimes go, right? I know you need to do a full AIP diet, but let's start off by just doing an elimination diet because you literally haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of tailor it to like where they're at?
1: Absolutely. Pretty much every client, I tailor it. Um, I think immediately doing after doing my certification, I had done a couple rounds of uh, group AIP work. So we moved through each week together with small groups, I did lots of one on ones, moving them through the AIP process. And then I started to just um, step back a little bit from being as regimented as Mm -hmm. that and tailoring a little bit to the person. Um, And if I had a client who I thought could benefit from a lot of principles of AIP, but didn't necessarily need to start from the total bottom. um, I would modify it for them. And I've done that since. So I've taken, I kind of always take principles from AIP because there's a lot, especially working with um, gut issues. There's a lot to take from that. Um, And sometimes I do kind of shorter versions, like two or three weeks of uh, like basic AIP and then we'll reassess from there. So, you know, I've kind of, colored outside of the lines of the the outlined you know yeah, yeah. structure that that we know of and that you can find online and that the coaches are trained in but you know just like anything in functional medicine and nutrition everyone is so different and mm-hmm. you know I'd rather not restrict somebody if I don't you know that much if I don't think it's you know totally necessary for where they are in their health
0: yeah i think that's a important thing Just like you mentioned and for me, I went paleo um, to help with my fertility issues just because that was the popular thing to do, I suppose, and had tried many different diets before that. Um, So when I transitioned to AIP, I felt like I did a lot of the hard work already. So restricting what was on AIP was like... A big like punch in the stomach, yeah, again, because I didn't know at the well, I suppose I knew I had the high natural killer cells, but my normal health, and this is what a lot of people deal with who are dealing with infertility, was fine, right? Like my food wasn't necessarily ending me up in the hospital or, you know, like severe stuff like with Crohn's. Um, so it was really frustrating. It's just like geez I really have to go this extra step and it was like transitioning out of like okay it's not that you're infertile you're dealing with infertility because you have an autoimmune issue and once you like yeah switch that mindset up it was like an easier transition and then within three weeks I knew I was highly intolerant to paprika and tomatoes um like really intolerant to them. <laughs> so I found my intolerance within AIP really quickly. So I wasn't, I didn't have to be so restrictive, but I had done so much little work before that to get to that phase. But it's really important for people who are either struggling with the autoimmune paleo diet or thinking about it is like, um, if you switch your mindset for one is going to help, but to Know that you don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Like even eliminating, you know, certain things dramatically reduces your inflammation, and your body's Absolutely. able to restore.
1: Absolutely. If the full on elimination uh, phase is not doable for you, you know, maybe you've got a bunch of kids or a really stressful job, or you're in the middle of moving. It's not always feasible and removing just gluten for example or maybe you know nightshades are a trigger and you just take out nightshades that is still progress and mm-hmm. i am so pro making little steps towards bigger goals like it all helps you're doing your body a, a good service by taking out one triggering food and if you're taking one at a time that is okay you're still taking steps in the right direction so i i do want to highlight that too that there's not really a right and wrong way to do things. There's just different approaches, but um, finding what works for you and then doing it is more important than trying to fit a mold that you'll end up just giving up anyway, because it's too difficult, you
0: know? Yeah, exactly. You mentioned that there was times in your life where you maybe, let's say, relapsed or (laughs) fell off the wagon. Can you give us like a little insight into maybe why you did that or, or anything that can, you know, maybe just give some comfort to women who are
1: maybe relapsing right now or, um, totally. So, um, my college years, my four years in college were the hardest part of my health journey. Um, part of that i had realized while i was still in college was there was um a lot of mold where i was and i could physically feel the difference of being in school being in the dorms you know lots of old buildings um close to the water so just a lot of wetness and older buildings and all sorts of things like that Um, i could really physically feel the difference of living at school and then going home for a weekend or a week which wasn't far from school, but was was a different area. Um, and, and I truly felt different. And so I loved being at school and I lived there for four years, but came home a lot. Um, and so that's an environmental factor that, yeah. you know, a lot of people might not think that could be contributing to their health, but that was absolutely making me feel worse. And I just kind of stuck it out and had, you know, ups and downs throughout college, but, you know, I could have left, I just, I didn't. Um, I wanted to stick it out and that's the choice I made. So um, I did have ups and downs there, but plus living in college, you're not gonna always have the healthiest food around. I was able to do a lot of cooking um, in my dorms and apartments, but you know, you're still at the cafeteria sometimes, you're still ordering late night food. Like I tried to be healthy while still having that experience and being like involved with my friends. Um, And of course there's drinking, that doesn't help. So I think it was, a combination of environmental choices or factors, lifestyle and diet um, that I, you know, made choices to enjoy that part of life, but my health did suffer a bit. Um, And then I moved home after college and, and didn't experience as many of those ups and downs or like severe episodes of having symptoms. Um, And so there were other little dips, you know, along the way to, I was pretty healthy throughout high school. Um, then I had a complication a couple of years ago that I ended up needing a surgery for. And so these things can happen, you know, and your diet is such a big, uh, a piece to healing. And what I love about, you know, focusing on the right diet for you is that it just gives you so much control. You know, it's not, hundred percent of what your health is going to be, but it plays such a huge role that it gives you a hand in your healing. Yeah. And that being said, um, I am not perfect with my diet today. I wasn't yeah. five years ago or 10 years ago. <laughs> um, I still have indulgences, uh, I eat things intentionally that I know aren't best for me. Yeah. Um, and it's not my every day, but it's where I feel, okay, my health is in a good enough place. Um, Am i gonna take a digestive enzyme with it am i gonna take charcoal after which is like i'm like such a spokesperson for charcoal um for gi issues but like i i, I think about those things too when i want to indulge but you know it's not always perfect and and no one's perfect not the nutritionist or anyone you're watching on instagram no matter exactly what you post on their yeah. feed. <laughs> um and i i totally have those behind the scene moments where i want to indulge and yeah, I, you know, I just want everyone to have some grace for themselves, because it's not human to be doing anything perfectly 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, so we just have to kind of move with those seasons of life and those ups and downs. And you can always get back up even if you fall off a little bit. Yeah,
0: I always say there like, for me, I felt like there was time for perfection, and then mm. time for just living life and you get to choose that right so if i was going for a medical treatment three months before i'm like okay this is time for perfection you know like i'm i'm going and spending a lot of money for these treatments to get pregnant so i'm gonna stick to what i feel is best for my body and then if it worked then i would continue on (laughs) because obviously i was pregnant if it didn't work the red wine would soon quickly come out even though i knew it wasn't best for me but um and yeah, with charcoal, definitely, I'm, I use that quite a bit. I would say when, if if you're using it, make sure you're not using it during any medical treatment because it will affect your medication as well. Very important. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I heard this one woman kind of bashing the wellness culture um, the other day, and I mm-hmm. think she maybe had a bad experience in it, and uh, she said, you know, you aren't what you eat. And I was like, well, maybe you're not what you eat, but you definitely are what you eat consistently, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so if you have a chocolate bar once a week, you are not that chocolate bar, you're your healthy diet throughout the whole week. But you can't say that if you are eating a chocolate bar, that's all you're eating that your body's not gonna represent that chocolate bar because it is. So it's more about just being consistent. So the more you're consistent with what you know is right, the better and your your body, I don't know if you would agree with me on this. I feel like when your gut health is really strong, you're actually able to handle the like alcohol or mm-hmm. the, the treats or the nightshades where when my gut health is low, I instantly feel it, like almost immediately after the meal or the next day. Would yes. you agree with that?
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So people will sometimes ask me, alcohol is a big one for this. Like, is it okay to drink? Like, what do I drink? How much? When? You know, all these things. because that's such a, a finicky thing. And so I kind of like rattle off this little mental checklist. It's like, one, am I drinking or eating the food because I really want it? Or is it just convenient and it's around me? Because I think we can all like be tempted if something's just there and we're eating it or drinking it out of convenience. So I'm like, well, just make sure you actually really want it and check in with yourself. How are you feeling today? How has your health been? If you've been going down a slippery slope, you've been more symptomatic. It's probably not the best choice. It's still your choice to make. But if you're trying to feel your best, probably not the time to indulge in something like that. Yeah. And then, you know, think about quantity and quality, too. You know, Mm -hmm. have a bite or a few sips or one glass, or is it going to become um, a binge of like several glasses of wine or whatever the drink of choice is, or, you know, a whole tray of cookies, like moderating the, the quantity. And also if you have the choice and quality, especially when it comes to alcohol, that can also impact how you feel. Is it like that sugary bright blue drink, like that they make it on the islands or something, or is it like a really high quality liquor and you're having, you know, one drink of that definitely yeah. makes a difference. So yeah. definitely your gut and your gut uh, integrity at the time is really important. I think it's really critical that you check in with yourself and, and think about where you are in that moment and if it's the best choice or not for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good checklist for sure. Um, Your mindset, what do you think or how important has your mindset been to continue this lifestyle, right? Like, it's not a diet for us, it's a lifestyle. We know how we feel before and after. But can you explain a little bit how you used your mindset to help you through these times?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny. And like my earlier years, and I also was like 12, 13, but I was pretty stubborn. Um, I would say I, I did everything I was supposed to do with my diet. Um, but I did it a lot of the time dragging my feet and I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't have to eat a certain way. I just want to be a kid. Um, but I did it because I knew I felt better that way. And somewhere along the line, I think it was like between high school and college, I kind of just started getting interested in the whys behind. Why do I feel better when I eat this way? And that's when I started feeling empowered by my lifestyle. Um, And that's when I wanted to be a spokesperson and to help people and it was that was the mindset shift at that time in my life is not viewing this as a punishment or um, something that holds me back, um, or something that I lack, but it was more that how lucky am I that I know that these choices make me feel better and have helped me heal. um, And I can tell other people about it. And so, viewing. Any any of my lifestyle choices, I really view them as healing tools and things that just help me push the needle towards me being my healthiest self, which helps me accomplish everything that I want to do in life. Yeah. Um, so that is a big one, I think. Uh, it's a sensitive topic, but there is sort of a victim mentality, which is understandable when someone gets a lifelong diagnosis. And I think it's important to process emotions. And I think there is a grieving stage when you get a diagnosis like that. I yeah. definitely had a very long grieving stage, um, but eventually you do need to come out of that and live your life. And so you can live it um, being mad and feeling like something was stolen from you, or you can live it being empowered and using that to your advantage. And the the latter is much more fulfilling and, um, Will make you feel better inside and out
0: yeah um i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you know most of my listeners here are uh processing or have processed through the victim mentality um because in the infertility community there is a lot of i want to hold on to this if i'm not infertile who i am who am i in the diagnosis of PCOS or endometriosis or unexplained or any of these, right, have really pinned people to a wall in this like process of thinking, like I can't do anything about it because I have this diagnosis. So therefore it doesn't matter the diet, no matter the lifestyle. And um, it's a, like you say, it's a very sensitive subject. And, um, you know, now I've come to the realization it's, it's not, our message is there for people who are ready to receive it. Like, I'm not there to change anyone's mind. I know exactly where you were. That's where I was for three, four years of my journey. Um, And like you say, is that mind shift change of like, okay, it's not my fault that my body is not performing the way it's supposed to be performing, but it is my responsibility to heal it. Mm -hmm. And we are living in a time that we have the knowledge, right? Like when maybe, when well, especially when you were going, there was not Instagram, right? <laughs> like you didn't have girls, even not only your age, but maybe a little bit older talking about this was my diagnosis then. And now we have this, all this support and all this um, communication around the subject. But there is that battle between the west and the east let's say medicine i don't really know where functional medicine lies in that because i feel like functional medicine is takes kind of the eastern medicine but is dealing with western problems so they have to like tweak it right um but yeah this like whole western like there's nothing you can do you know and but there is it's yeah you're genetically prone to all that stuff but your genetics play out by your environment diet your lifestyle
1: Absolutely. And I do want to acknowledge it is a lot harder to keep that that faith when you are struggling and going yeah. through the harder times. And I have experienced that too. You know, I'm always the one cheering other people on and, and encouraging people to see the light in their situation. But I know that it's hard to keep that focus when you're physically in pain or mentally in pain. Um, yeah. But that's when it's really great to reach out to those support systems and resources that are on the internet um and just do your best to stay you know as positive as you can because i i do truly believe that your body listens and hears everything that you say so i'm really pro feeding it healthy thoughts and growing thoughts and all sorts of things like that instead of um reiterating you know the idea of sickness and illness to yourself
0: yeah exactly um it's incredibly important and it's not really like We're not saying like shut all that off. Like don't grieve, don't do any of that. Like you have to explore those emotions, but what the mindset does for you is that you you won't sit in those emotions for a really long time like you used to, right? Like you'll you'll be there, you'll explore them, you'll feel them, you'll get them out, and then you're like, okay, I'm ready to move on. And yeah, I mean for for you we all know when you're dealing with um these physical things that you you might feel like you have no control over failed IVFs you know um reoccurring miscarriages you know with Crohn's disease you know sometimes it could just pop up out of nowhere even though you're like doing you know everything right um but keeping that that faith um and just keep going, you know, it's that step by step by step, Um, a little by little, little adds up basically, right? All
1: the time. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story and some wise words about uh, the hardships of autoimmune issues and, you know, taking the power that you have and doing the best you can. Uh, Let our listeners know where they can connect with you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot uh, at girl in healing. And then my website is also girl in healing as well. And that's where I hang out the most.
0: Cool. Well, the links will be in the show notes. And once again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story.
1: Thank you so much.